over Broadway. Welcome to Bits Over Broadway. It's a hot one. Connor, is it hot in Illinois? Um, It is a little. It is very warm in Illinois, but I'm currently in my parents' basement. It's nice and cool. I haven't seen the sun in three days. I am living my best life. <laughs> that is the dream. Living in a place yeah. with central air is is my current dream right now honestly i was like there was very much a second where i was like okay i'm gonna only be here for a couple of weeks and then i'm gonna go back to new york and i'll just like live in my uh apartment for the rest of however long we Mm -hmm. have to be there and then i remembered that i don't have central air in brooklyn don't come back till october (laughs) i'm basically planning on that It's so like our life now is just on the weekends going from the bedroom with the AC on, turning the bedroom AC off and turning the living room AC on because we don't want want to run both at the same time. We're not Rockefellers. Oh, my God. Uh, And so and we have to keep all the doors closed so that all of the cold air stays in the one room. Stays in one room. Yeah. And then we just don't move at all. Oh, no. (laughs) We get up to get water and that's it. (laughs) That's what I would be doing if I were in Brooklyn right now. I would be because I have my we only have air conditioning in our bedrooms. Mm -hmm. So I'd be like literally sitting in my bedroom sequestered from everybody. Yeah, exactly. That would be it. So what's the point? At least here I can like walk around a little bit. Yes, exactly. So 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 excited. So glad for you that you have that. (laughs) Thank you. I'm honestly thrilled. And I would like to thank the Academy and over Broadway League and Um, also, I was just thinking about how, spoiler, this is a peek behind the curtain at our production. Yes. About how we recorded Brigadoon last week. And I mentioned in the show, like, oh, can't wait till I one day have a viral tweet. And literally somehow managed to squeeze out a psycho viral tweet that <laughs> you night. You did. I straight up manifested it on this podcast. And I just want everyone to know I stuck to my guns and did not drop this podcast as a SoundCloud <laughs> follow up tweet because I have integrity in my shitty viral tweets. <laughs> I and that is why I work with you. That's why we're partners. That's why my we strong work together. Moral compulsions <laughs> because we have moral high grounds. That's right. I'm not going to drop a link to my stupid podcast. <laughs> You'll have to find that on your own. <laughs> You got to go to the profile to get that good good content. Get that ish, baby. <laughs> anyway, never have a viral tweet. It sucks. Um, oh, my God. They're the worst possible thing that could ever fucking happen to yeah, you. I get why. I used to, like, roll my eyes when I saw people complain, like, oh, Twitter's so unusable. I hate when people talk to me. And now I'm like, yeah, I do hate when people talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to send other people's shitty tweets to my friends. That's <laughs> just it. Just look at jokes. <laughs> Uh, and read the news. <laughs> Ew. Don't read yeah. the news. <laughs> I try so hard to avoid it. And yet. <laughs> Here we are. All right. Let's get into this week's show, Connor. Yeah. So we're changing it up a little bit. The past two episodes we've done, we were stuck in uh, golden age land, very formulaic and everything. So this week we're we're going off a little bit of the the path and we're doing a cult classic reefer madness <laughs> a movie musical which i'm excited about 
Yeah, and it was a stage musical before. It was a movie musical. That's right. Hey. Again, we have integrity here on Bits Over we Broadway. Have integrity. <laughs> we have morals. We have ethics. We have ethos, <laughs> pathos, uh-huh. sex, all of those things. All of those things. We got them. That's we right. We got them, baby. Uh, all right, let's just dive right in. Connor, would you please hit us with some facts and figs? Facts and figs. Producer yes. Mitch really feeling himself. <laughs> oh, I love that one. That one was really good. I've been on a huge uh, r- like punk kick lately, so okay. that, that felt tickled good. my fancies. <laughs> All right. Oh, God. All right. Reefer Madness has music by Dan Studney with book and lyrics by Kevin Murphy. It's based on the 1936 exploitation film Reefer Madness. It originally aired or um, showed in Los Angeles in 1998. And then in 2001, it moved to off-Broadway. It never made the leap to Broadway, but um, the LA production apparently won a number of awards, but I couldn't find what awards they were. It just says they won awards. And I'm like, okay, well, anybody could win awards (laughs) just by saying that they won awards. So like, also, if you want to know, I won a Tony. So the movie was adapted. The show was adapted for a made for TV movie in 2005. It made its Canadian premiere in 2006, Australian premiere in 2008 and its UK premiere in 2009. Again, I could not track down what awards it has won, even though they claim to have won awards. Um, And the music, uh, the, the show is a musical satire that features a straight-laced authority figure, usually a high school principal, who seeks to impart wisdom to the audience by telling a frightful tale of the fate of two innocent teens who are lured into the world of drugs. So, fun fact about this show, uh, the original 1936 film was actually made seriously. It was made as a film to... Um, warn people about the dangers of marijuana and about um, like the seedy underbelly of like the drug world. It was originally produced by a church and a lot of the plot in the 1936 movie does make its way into the musical and the movie musical adaptations. The movie ended up kind of like disappearing uh, after the exploitation era ended. Um, And if you don't know the exploitation Films are, uh, they're films that exploit uh, current events, niches, genres, lurid content, that sort of thing. Um, They're generally very low quality B-movies and they try to attract critical attention and flaws. Um, Some of them, like Night of the Living Dead, do actually become historically important, but not a lot of them do. After that era, the film kind of disappeared and uh, it came back in the 70s. And when people watched it, they were like, this movie is so insane and everything goes so completely off the rails that they took it as a satire as Mm -hmm. opposed to the like sincere message that they had uh, that had originally been intended. And it has since become a cult classic and then spawned all of these other adaptations. Interesting. So that's just a little history about the movie. Yeah. I'd like to imagine that Joe Biden saw reefer madness and was like, this is real. And that explains um, everything about him. (laughs) 
There is absolutely 100% probability that some Republican or conservatives Uh have seen this film and thought that it was 100% true. Accurate. Sincere and accurate. Just so incredible. Um, This film is very fun. Oh my God, it's so fun. And we're going to be specifically talking about the film because Meryl and I both saw it, watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The 2005 um, one with Kristen Bell and yes. Christian Campbell, Anna Gasteyer, Alan Cummings. It's like a stacked, a stacked. Oh my cast. god! So so, Anna Gasteyer in this is just fucking killing it in this film. It's <laughs> she's, she's amazing. Perfect casting. Also, we can cut this out. I got like major <laughs> Maddie vibes from that role. Like I would love to see Maddie play one hundred play May for sure. I think she would be hilarious oh, to watch. Absolutely, it's sort of a film within a film. Uh, the pitch at the beginning of the movie is that all of these uh, towns people are going to the local high school to because there's someone from the FBI there or from the federal government right. who is going to show them this film. No one really knows what it's about. Everyone's kind of just there because why not? Um, it's the 30s. That's what you the did. 30s. You, know? you go where you're told. <laughs> you go where you're told. You don't ask questions. That's and it. because if you do ask questions, you're a communist. That's right. And that's the 30s, baby. It's fun because it's also now the 20s, but on 2020 on Twitter. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> that part where he, Mr. Kaczynski or whatever, stands up and he's like, Russian name, right? And he's like, well, I'm Polish. And he's like, yeah, I guess you wouldn't respect an American publication, would you? I was like, oh, my God, I've read this tweet 5,000 times. <laughs> just like some psych, like Deborah Messing just being like, okay, Russian bot. Like I'm going right. to listen to Putin's handmaiden. You're like, what the fuck is wrong with you? What's wrong with oh your brain? God. Anyway. But like literally there's there's so many moments in this film where I'm like this is barely satire. Yeah, like this the is part just real. with the the part with the PTA parents and oh. like the um lecturer who's like presenting the film mm-hmm. is barely satire because it's like there are actually people in yeah. this world who think this way. Oh, it's, it's bananas. It's the entire upsetting. opening song mm-hmm. is like crazy so the opening song um the lecturer is like tells them there's a very funny moment where they're like trying to figure out how to say marijuana <laughs> I <laughs> one of the women goes i don't mexican. speak mexican <laughs> i was like okay uh, right. there are many moments in this film where i'm like i don't know if this is racist but mm-hmm. it does not feel right sure <laughs> um well i like that because i think well and this could be a myth listen no, this course. is not a journalism podcast but I had How once, dare you? We are 100% <laughs> I had once heard that uh, the name marijuana was pushed because it sounded for it sounded Mexican, like it sounded Spanish. Oh, that would make sense. So they were pushing it because like the xenophobia attached with like the connotation is that's why we don't call it cannabis. That's why we call it marijuana because that weird. Right. That's what I've heard. That could be a lie. Someone snopes me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think it was kind of like a nod at that. Like I don't speak Mexican. Like yeah, the you know. The whole racializing the name shit. Well, I mean, they definitely, like, the movie definitely does do, and like I said, they they do a lot of moments throughout the film that are 
very racist mm-hmm. um, or would be considered racist if they were sincere, but it is right. 100% taking a satirical look at the xenophobia and the racism within yes. America just in general and saying, this is how people react to these communities. Absolutely. Um, like at the end, there's a very, I yelled when I saw it, but there is a very dark joke about lynching mm-hmm. in the film um, right at the end in the final number when the townsfolk are walking through the square with all the torches. Oh, yeah. There's a black family that grabs their children and, and runs, runs into, into the, the house. house. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so I was good. like, I literally screeched. Right. So I was like, that's hilarious, but it's 100% making a comment on For sure. the racist past of America. Absolutely. Um, but so the song, the opening number, Reefer Madness, it's basically them saying um, <laughs> marijuana turns you into a communist, turns you into a socialist. Um, they I mean, Are they wrong? Ab- <laughs> they, <laughs> I mean, are they true. wrong? <laughs> are they wrong, America? Tell us. Worked for they me. <laughs> um, yeah, it's wild the lyrics in this show are so simple and easy to follow and they're so fucking funny mm-hmm. um and it really adds to the heightening of the music uh, or of the show because the songs are able to like have that clear like lyricism that works mm-hmm. and like they like make comments about like democrats being terrible people and all of these things it's just it's Wild. really good. It's yeah. just it's just really good and really smart. Um it's it feels a little there are times when I was like, oh, okay, it's a little on the nose. And I was like, yeah, but it's a musical. Like that's kind of the point. It's fine that it's not subtle, in my opinion, whatever. For whatever right. reason, it being a musical lends itself to being that like broad, very overt. Like they did get some sly jokes in there too. Don't get me wrong, but every once in a while I'm just like, Oh, I like how ham fisted this is being. Right. And there's apparently in the, uh, the way that the um, adaptation for the movie and the musical worked, um, the movie was actually made by the exact same people who made the musical. It was, uh, written by Kevin Murphy and Dan Studney. It was directed by Andy Fickman who, um, directed the, uh, LA production. So it was the exact same team that had brought the musical to life. And um, the the plot in the musical and the plot in the movie is very similar. Barely anything changes. But they in the musical, they have a girl who um, they do that on-the-nose thing where every scene she holds up a placard that says, this is the moral of the scene. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you Amazing. can, like, follow up. Yeah, like follow along with the joke and stuff. And I love, I love that, that kind of thing. Um, so the film that the lecturer is showing is the second part of this story, which is the story of Jimmy Harper and Mary Lane. So all right. of the parents are watching the film that we're watching, Reefer Madness, which is uh, the story of how this guy, this young guy falls into trouble with uh, marijuana, <laughs> which I just, I love the idea that people are trying to get people hooked on weed um it's so funny in the way that they an incredible premise like people being high on weed is (laughs) amazing it's incredible i wish that that's what it was like (laughs) honestly um so like for uh anyone who has not seen the movie it's um when people smoke weed they basically turn into like 
raving lunatics. Yeah. Like they, they like they are laughing like hysterically. Hero- they look like they are heroin addicts. They right. scratch themselves like they're meth addicts and they behave like I've never met a stoner who ever acted like this. No, <laughs> which never is part of what life. makes it so fun. It's obviously supposed to be over the top. It's not supposed to be a real depiction of absolutely. Um, but how bananas bonkers it gets like they're also ludicrously horny just like oh my god everyone is like just there's like a scene where they're just like humping everything (laughs) in the room he can't stop humping things like he's walking up the stairs to ostensibly go have sex and he's just like humping the railing like can't stop it's so unbelievable um yeah, so it's uh, Jimmy Harper and his girlfriend Mary Lane are the team stars. They constantly refer to Romeo and Juliet and how they are Romeo and Juliet, which is uh, also it's very. A great and they keep bit. making jokes about how they um, they've never read the ending, so they yes. don't know the full story of Romeo and Juliet. They're like, we're gonna live together happily ever after, just like Romeo and Juliet. We'll get old. We'll have babies, just like Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> So stupid. I also think it's an amazing choice because throughout the movie, they're constantly they they don't say Romeo and Juliet. They say Romeo and, and Juliet. Juliet. The <laughs> they phrasing is the so and. strange. Romeo it's so and Juliet. Funny. It's so good. also so um the two Jimmy and Mary are played by the uh, Christian Campbell and Kristen Bell, mm-hmm. and they played Jimmy and Mary on the off-Broadway production as well. Oh, okay. So I didn't know that. They were, yeah, they were, uh, they originated the roles. Christian actually originated the role as Jimmy in LA as well. Oh, wow. And um, they are so fucking good in this, this yeah. movie. Like, Kristen is the dumbest person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Like Mary is the stupidest character. So stupid, off. but it, she so plays dumb. it so believably. It's so right. yeah, it's so good. It's very very funny. Um because there's like one point where Christian says something about like my dad always says that uh uh Roosevelt is a Bolshevik oh, and I wrote he's it down. packing the courts and stuff like that. Yes, please. A labor please. protecting Supreme Court packing Bolshevik, which is so good. I wish that that's what FDR was really like. Right, exactly. And then to that, Mary responds, I don't know about all that boy stuff. All that boy stuff! I truly <laughs> cried. I don't know about all that boy stuff. Also, I'm pretty sure she's saying that as she's dancing in the... Di- like, they're doing a she full is. choreographed number. She doesn't... She she leaves the group, which is still doing, like, big full number in the background, in the but wide she's still space. But she's dancing while talking yeah, to she Jimmy. She comes over to talk to Jimmy and is still doing her fucking shuffle ball changes and dancing and having this comp. I don't know about all that boy stuff while she's like doo-wopping. It's so funny. It's very, very good. So um, they're always talking about being Romeo and Juliet. Uh-huh. And then we go across to see the quote unquote reefer den where yeah. we meet the uh, the seedy underbelly of the city who um which is owned by may who is abused by her boyfriend jack um may is uh anna gasteyer amazing she sings this song <laughs> called the stuff uh-huh. 
I'm sorry. It's such a good, there's this very good joke. I think we're probably laughing at the same yes, thing. Where the, she, when she screams out the window. Yeah, when she screams. <laughs> this stuff like numbs me when every night when Jack rapes me. And all the, it's like cut to this. She just screams it out the window. She's singing, obviously. But then all the people on the street like stop and drop what they're doing and look up at her. And she's like, oh, whoops. And just like comes back inside the house and keeps singing. It's so good. She's so funny. Such, it is such a funny moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was talking to a friend of the pod, Keaton Cruiser from sure. our uh, Cats fame. Uh-huh. And um, he also watched this movie when we were in college. And he was like, I don't know if it's PC, but the moment that Anna Gasteyer screams rapes me outside the window is yeah. probably the funniest oh, thing I've ever seen. In my that's a life. very funny rape joke, you see. It can be Absolutely. done, <laughs> in my opinion. That joke works. It 100% can be done, yes. and um, all of you white cisgendered male comics need to watch this movie <laughs> Take and a note learn from something. Um, so, right, so Mary and Jimmy go to the Five and Dime where they're getting malts and um, everybody's dancing, and Kristen and Bell's character is like, Jimmy, let's dance. And he's like, I don't know how to dance. This all starts because Jimmy doesn't know how to dance. Yes. It's so, um, <laughs> so stupid. I just need to say, milk on its own is disgusting. Yeah, the sure. fact that they talk about drinking malted milk mm-hmm. is gag worthy. That's <laughs> disgusting. What the fuck were people in the 30s doing? Do you know that you do not need to malt milk? That's gross. I don't touch the stuff for sure. Um, I could never. But um, this number features nev campbell of scream fame Mm -hmm. who plays the owner of the five and dime and as uh jimmy is talking about not being able to dance jack the reefer dealer Mm -hmm. appears and says well i can teach you how to dance and then he like smokes a a (laughs) joint and Uh does the tango with nev campbell so apparently um marijuana makes you really good at the tango it makes you dance good would really love to know when that is going to happen for myself. <laughs> <laughs> Keep trying, Connor. Keep trying one one of these days. Um. So after being thoroughly impressed at Jack's skills, Jimmy follows Jack to May's house where there is just a plot of weed behind the house, just like a backyard garden Yes. of weed, which is incredible. Uh, and he's like, Hey, let's, I'll, I'll give you dance lessons here. Smoke this cigarette. Like what I love is that he's like a cigarette. Sure. Wait, is this one of those funny cigarettes? Like the, on its face, taking a cigarette just to smoke. Totally fine. Taking a fucking weed cigarette. Bad, horrible, terrible idea. Like at 16, it's cool to smoke regular (laughs) cigarettes. Well, this is like goes back to one of the jokes that Alan Cummings says in the uh, at the beginning of the movie. Mm -hmm. He says like something along the lines of uh, it's not heroin and it's not coke because you don't have to sniff a powder you don't have to have a needle Mm -hmm. it's looks just as harmless as a cigarette you know how we all used to smoke as teens (laughs) and at this point we start to meet the other members of the reefer dad Mm -hmm. sally who is 
um, <laughs> addicted to weed and just sells her body and also <laughs> has a baby that she just leaves everywhere. The weed <laughs> makes her horny and stupid. I mean, sure. She, yeah. That's the more every, accurate depiction of a stoner. That is, that is the more opinion. accurate depiction of a stoner. <laughs> every scene that she is in, she has to run into at least two surfaces. Yeah. And she's always like, oh, sorry. Or stupid pole she's or whatever like, it is. Constantly performing pratfalls and it's such a strong choice yeah the physical comedy off the charts with her oh my god truly amazing and then there's a point where so she uh they try to get her to like seduce jimmy into smoking the cigarette so she she, like has a baby and she just leaves it on the stove (laughs) and then jimmy like runs in to save the baby and you think it's dead and and sally just like shakes it (laughs) and it starts crying and she's like that's fine no harm dead no harm it's very funny the other thing i like is and obviously it's an exact exaggeration but i love how every one talks in metaphors in this movie like yes. you got more static than a radio and she's like i'll if if i can't turn him on he doesn't have switches and like they all just talk like that all the time it's so stupid and overdone and i love yes. it the dialogue is so fucking strong and specific yeah it works so well yeah and everybody is talking in that like 1930s radio announcer voice yes yes it's just pure perfection um, so he, so Jimmy starts to smoke a joint and starts immediately hallucinating. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the scene is great. It's and, a, so good. Oh, yeah. It turns into like a bacchanal. It's just like a little orgy. He goes to this like jungle place in his mind. Very clearly just a soundstage. Uh, yes. And is Alan Cummings the goat? I think he is. Yes, Alan Cummings is the goat. Yes, everyone is like almost naked and writhing and horny, and it's implied that he's like sucking and fucking all over the place because of the weed. Um, this is this is his fuck hut, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Sally is his uh, slutty Meg, horny, yeah. the horny slut. <laughs> Sally is the uh, <laughs> Meg, the slut. That's right. Yes. Um. <laughs> so Jimmy turns into this crazy addict and like starts ignoring Mary Lane. Uh, she goes over and she's like, oh, "You've been so busy. We haven't had a chance to talk about Romeo and Juliet." And um she's like you wouldn't even try to kiss me she's complaining and he's like oh baby you want to kiss and then like tongues her and she gets very upset uh she does <laughs> so she goes to church obviously that's what you do, you do when you're upset and um sings about how lonely she is and how she wants him to fill her pew oh very good uh and then um this turns into Probably my favorite, like, two scenes in the movie. Yes. Um, where Jimmy and Ralphie, who's part of the uh, Reefer Den yes. like, group, uh, he's a college dropout. I love the way that they always, that they talk about college. There's something, <laughs> okay, so I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but there's something very strange the way that, like, 30s and 40s, uh, like media talks about college, mm-hmm. they talk about it as if it's an occupation. Yeah, they're like they constantly refer to him as like a college boy, and he's a, a dropout. Boy. And um, m- later on in the movie, Mary Lane is very impressed that Jimmy would be hanging out with college boys. Right. It's all it's very funny. So we're still at the church. Jimmy and Ralphie break. Right, Ralphie's right. Right? Am I crazy? 
Ralph is, yeah. Ralph, Ralph is, uh, goes off to f- uh, smoke frankincense. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh. Ooh, frankincense. Who's smoking frankincense? He is because he's high out of his mind. <laughs> Just a like side note, all of the hymn numbers are 420 when they break into the church, which really, for some reason, made me laugh. Um, I also I just that. like little background, like little background jokes like that when you can stick them in wherever they like wherever you can i appreciate that oh absolutely those little details um we love a sight gag yeah so we do and then so they're breaking into the church to steal money to pay for because the whole premise is the jack who runs the reefer den brings kids to get them hooked so that they have to pay him right for like he gives you know first one's free now you're addicted now you're gonna do anything to give me money to get more yes that's the whole premise so um, they do various crimes uh, to, in order to get the money for the weed. Um, and one of them is breaking into the church to steal the collection. And Jimmy, very stoned, has a vision. He's so high he saw God. <laughs> he sees Jesus Christ in uh, just listen to Jesus. Jimmy is such a fun song. Also, oh, the so good guy who plays jesus plays pharaoh in joseph and the amazing technicolor dream coat correct and i was like man this guy just loves singing while walking downstairs being touched by women like that's <laughs> his whole type is just like and he mythical man so well. <laughs> yeah larger than life man adored by women sings to another man <laughs> right about all of the ills of the world yeah um i love that the devil is there and he <laughs> boos jesus at the end yeah. of his number everyone else is cheering and clapping and the devil's like stinks don't like it boo the i <laughs> some of the lyrics of this one are so funny i specifically wrote down um if you keep smoking reefer you'll wind up as satan's rent boy um <laughs> <laughs> they keep like making like like sex jokes that you'll uh reefer makes you a sex slave and all that kind of thing yes (laughs) then at the end of the number jesus goes so what do you say jimmy will you will you turn it around and jimmy goes no i have a new god now and everybody boos but then he ban over to the devil and the devil just does a spit take (laughs) so he's so excited it's such a good number it's so funny the way that they do it like I so I was saying earlier to Meryl before we got on mic, this number, this movie is like a masterclass in satire. The heightening that they do with their premise, um, this the is very clear p- point of view that they have. It's like if you want to write satire or you want to write a satire movie or anything like that, watch this and just take notes, see how they do it. It's literally the perfect satire film, I think. Yes. There's also like lots of cuts back to um the pta meeting where they're showing the film like you're seeing a lot of the audience's reactions sort of the parents reactions to what's happening actually in the film that we're all watching together right um which i like and lots of like side comments from alan cummings character alan cumming also plays like several characters throughout this so like we said he's playing the goat in the bacchanal he plays um fdr at the end we'll get into that yeah he has a couple of different roles it's always fun to see like where he'll pop up oh he plays the piano in the church when mary goes to sing oh right uh slide into my pew or, or lonely pew or whatever it is um is he the devil? Who's the devil? I don't know. It's just it makes me laugh like yeah how how many times he pops up yeah. um 
And the I always really like the the um the jump back to the PTA meeting. Mm-hmm. They always have like the Mr. Kurchinsky stuff. Like he talks about how well marijuana is not that addictive. My cousin was addicted to heroin, and yeah, he, not like, more addictive than heroin. Yeah, like. and the guy, and then Alan Cumming is like, okay, communist. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I guess you would say that if you were Russian. Like yeah. it's just so, oh, it's unreal that we just immediately went right back to red scare bullshit just truly incredible that we got maybe like 10 free and clear years of making fun of all of that and then just right back to right back uh, to it baby right back to red scare bullshit mccarthyism Um, never died thank you (laughs) that's right uh so back to the film within a film one night jimmy and sally steal mary lane's car they're driving it around they're a little bit buzzed oh wait we Uh, find out at one point during like right before this happens they're like i haven't heard the baby cry in a while and sally's like don't worry about it and then they flash to (laughs) sally selling her baby for money to buy more weed it's implied that she sells it to a chinese man who will then eat the baby baby. and it's so good because then we cut to the PTA meeting where there is one very clearly like Asian woman in the crowd and the whole crowd like turns to look at her and she just covers her face like it's such a good like they clearly know this woman she's part of the community but they're watching this film and they're like well everything else seems true so I guess this is true too like it's just such a good that's one of those little moments where you're like oh so much it's so yes. good so it like it again it's commenting on that xenophobia the, the inherent racism in america yes it's such a strong satire like i can't get over yeah. how strong it is yeah it's it's great um right so they steal the car and they in slow motion almost hit an old man <laughs> because they were making out in the front seat yeah it's so stupid they hit him barely um also he's just frozen in the street for like a full 30 seconds i'm also relatively sure that when they get out of the car to inspect the body the car is like a full five feet away from the old man like it is and she's like and mary's like i got or not mary uh sally's like i gotta get out of here and she runs into a pole with her physical body runs into a pole um so stupid and then she just like walks away and is like i was never here and jimmy's like i gotta stay because i owe this old man something and then the police try and stop him he gets in the car and drives to mary lane's house there's like an apb put out for him like all the police are looking out for jimmy right um and he goes back and sings mary jane mary lane where he's like torn between marijuana or the love of his life and she decides like he decides to stay with her sort of not really he's like i choose you i love you i i scorn the weed i love you instead he tries to turn around it's uh kristen bell has a great line in this where he she comes out of the house and she's like jimmy what are you doing here it's the middle of the night it's almost 9 9 (laughs) p.m and also um there's this weird bit about how it's a munchies joke but there's this bit about how He's going to Jimmy's going to give Mary Lane his class ring and he can't get it off of his finger. And she's like, have you gained weight? He's like, well, a little bit. I have been pretty hungry lately. And she just says in the weird the phrase is so the phrasing she chooses is so weird. She's like a moment on the lips forever on the hips (laughs) just makes me laugh so much. Like, 
I don't know why that phrase is not weird, but the way that she says it makes me laugh. No, the way that she said, well, because Kristen Bell is just making the weirdest, dumbest mm-hmm. choices for Mary. Yes. And, and it, it works. works so well. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so then he's like, okay, let's run away together. <clears throat> he airbuds her basically just leads a trail of tapioca puddings into her room. And then he runs away. Uh, and as he's like leaving her deck or whatever to, to run away from the police, yes. uh, Jack shows up and he's like, I got some more of the good stuff. And Jimmy's like, Nope, I've had a revelation. I'm in love and I don't need weed anymore. So then Jack offers him a brownie, <laughs> which sure. Uh, which turns into, I wish that I'd had edibles this good, honestly. Oh my God, I know. God, there's this whole animation sequence. Apparently they added it into the film. There's another, there was supposed to be another number before uh, that's actually in the musical that this took the place of. Mm-hmm. And this is this entire animation number of him um, fucking the brownie that he ate. Oh, it's the brownie <laughs> song. He's just singing about the brownie. He doesn't know he's high. It's very dumb amazing yeah incredible uh mary lane comes out and is like jimmy where are you going uh she has her teddy bear in her suitcases oh i i did notice the she's teddy bear. ready right. she's ready to go well because when you it's along the same principles of brigadoon you know it, it's your wedding night you get a ring so now you have to move into <laughs> exactly. a, a, a place with them that's right that's right she packed her suitcase to go with her now exactly. co- husband <laughs> She follows Jimmy and Jack mm-hmm. to the reefer den uh, where she knocks on the door and Ralph answers it and is like, oh, shit, this hot blonde and sends uh, J- sends Jimmy away with Sally upstairs. This is the point where he's like humping her leg. He's literally humping everything in sight. And just like a, like a dog. It's it's fucked up. I would really love to know what brand of weed they're smoking that makes them so horny all the time <laughs> what's the what's strain, the strain? Drop, the strain. drop the strain reefer drop madness strain. is it an indica <laughs> is it a sativa what's the deal i need to know can i get it at my local dispensary where are we so jimmy and sally run upstairs and ralph lets mary in uh and then follows one of the best one of my favorite numbers, per- personally, Little Mary Sunshine. Oh, my God. Um, Ralph tricks Mary into smoking some weed, and she turns into a dominatrix. A dominatrix. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She just starts whipping Ralph <laughs> and brands him at one point. Yes. And then Ralph is like, no, wait, this is not what I wanted. I didn't want it this way. Right. And Kristen Bell's, or Mary Lane is just like, I don't care. Uh, disregard for all consent or normal behavior. I'm just going to do whatever I want. Right. Exactly. Then Jimmy comes back downstairs and is like, what the fuck, Ralph? I trusted you. It starts to fight Ralph somehow. Okay. I don't understand how this happened. I think it's probably because I was looking at my phone instead of paying okay. attention to the movie. This happens to me a lot. This is much like how I don't read stage directions and don't realize there's a gun and then someone gets shot. And I'm like, where did that gun come from? Meryl, we saw the gun in the first act. Yeah. Why? There was all of a sudden the fight stops 
and Jimmy gets knocked out. And then all of a sudden, Mary's like, um, I think I've been shot. And I was like, when did okay. the gun go off and who had the gun? And when did this happen? So what happens is that uh, ja- Jimmy jumps on top of Ralph and starts punching him. And then Jack walks into the room and Ralph, <laughs> with every single punch, Ralph goes, Jack, help. He's killing me. And it's like, it's very funny timing. Um, And then Jack grabs Jimmy and pulls him off. And then the two um, start wrestling with each other. Jack pulls out the gun. And then they do a really funny bit where they go like side to side with the gun. But it's very clearly choreographed. And then at one point when the gun is pointed toward Kristen Bell, uh, the gun gets shot. And then... Um, mm. Jack knocks Jimmy out, Got and it. then uh, Anna Gasser is like, "Is everyone okay?" And that's when Kristen Bell goes, "Um, <laughs> I think I've been shot." <laughs> like she raises her hand, <laughs> she does like a little teacher bit, and then they do like they frame Jimmy. They make him think he shot Mary. Right. He wakes up or comes to. Um, oh, there's a very good bit with smelling salts where. Yeah, Anna Gasteyer like smells them like they're poppers. Well, I was like when when they first were like uh, Jack tells Anna Gasteyer to like he's like go get the smelling salts, and I was like they're gonna use smelling salts to cure bullet wound. Yeah, like that. I thought the same thing. I was like, but they're gonna give it to her and it'll wake her up. Like, what are we doing here? Right. I was like, this is not how bullet wounds the work. Same thing. Because um, I guess I thought they would leave. I don't know. <laughs> Right, like I thought, like in my mind, like if you're gonna do, uh, like a dr- like a druggie shoot someone, it's like okay, you're gonna leave the scene. You're not gonna like, you're just gonna leave the gun, and you're not gonna wake the yeah. guy up. Yeah, and so they wake him up, and then they just gaslight him, and they're you like, shot hey, her. "You shot her," and he's like, "Fuck, I shot her." <laughs> and then, and then Mary dies in his arms, but not before they sing about how they're Romeo and Juliet, and of right. course, lots of cuts to. Jack and May, who are looking at each other, like, what the heck? Don't these kids know? <laughs> there's how like this one point. There's like one is? point where Kristen Bell asks Jimmy, uh, "She's like, did you read the ending?" And then he just kind of like, I, uh, and he looks at Jack and May, and the two of them like both shake their head no, as if to say like, it's not a happy ending. Yeah. <laughs> and then he turns to Kristen yeah, and he's like, yeah. "I did. It's very happy. They have babies." And she's like, "Oh, I love dies. babies," and then just croaks. It's amazing. Um, let's call that intermission. There's not an intermission in this movie. There's not, but let's call that intermission. We'll be right back. We're back. We're back. Back from the break. Um, yeah. So Mary just died. Uh, in Jimmy's arms. Yes. So sad. So insane. So then the police show up. Well, like literally. Right before that, there's this moment that I love where Jimmy still has the gun in his hand. Right. And he's talking to Jack and Anna Gasser is right behind Jack. And she's like. Yeah. She's, sorry, yeah. I realize now she's that like, this is not I a video podcast, <laughs> famously not a visual medium. Uh, right. she, yeah, she's like making a gun gesture and like mouthing, do it, like shoot, shoot him. Very good bit. And she's like, don't you know Jack's trying to frame you? He's the one who shot her. Can't you see? And just at that moment, the police burst in and Jack is like, yep, Jimmy shot her, shot her good. She's dead now because of Jimmy. And Jimmy's right. like, no, I didn't 
do it. Tell him, May. Tell him. And <laughs> there's this weird, like, moment where Anagastire is being threatened with the thought of, like, no more weed. No more weed. Yeah, because, <laughs> like, Jack essentially does the exact same bit that she was doing where he's standing behind the police officers and he's, like, miming, like, snapping a joint in half. <laughs> and draws his finger across his throat. So funny. Also, this has been a through line throughout that we we didn't mention before but uh jack well we mentioned that jack is abusive but he is constantly like slapping and shoving and beating the shit out of may um there's this and every so often she will like hit him back (laughs) yeah there's this slap fight (laughs) that ends with him pushing her like through a table and there's this huge crash and everyone runs into the room and she's like sorry i just fell (laughs) or like there's one there's that one point where jimmy is like why do you have a stake on your eye? And she's like, I just fell. I just fell. Uh, and then Ralph and Jimmy both take the stake and eat it, which is truly insane. Yeah. But they don't eat it with their hands. They like yeah. both each have one like end of the, the stake in their <laughs> mouth and are eating it like dogs. Yes. Like cartoon dogs. A thousand percent. Um, I can't imagine getting stoned in the thirties. Like there weren't even good snacks. What, how, right. how you like, what do you eat? You don't have Cheez Its or Oreos. Totino's pizza rolls didn't exist in 1930. Not exist. <laughs> how, what's the point? What do you even do? <laughs> what, why, why bother? I'm sorry. What are you gonna do? Eat boiled ham? Like, that sounds <laughs> disgusting. You're gonna eat an apple? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Although, have you ever eaten fruit stoned? I'm just saying. It's a pretty incredible experience. <laughs> I simply have not. I just feel so bad that they didn't have any good snacks. I know. I mean, like, chips hadn't even been invented, I'm assuming. <laughs> <laughs> I know toaster strudel hadn't. Pop-tarts? No um, way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. They probably had graham crackers because wasn't this, uh, this would have been after the time that guy was oh, trying to stop everyone from being horny sure. by inventing graham Crackers. Yes, a thousand percent they could have graham crackers, which is great, but like nothing yeah. else? Come on. Not even Teddy Grahams, That's just that. regular ass graham crackers. The best thing that they probably could have done was, wait, was peanut butter invented by, by this point? Because you can smear graham crackers on, with peanut butter and that's a pretty good snack. Okay, I've never had that, but I'm interested. It's just like it's peanut nice. butter and graham crackers. <laughs> it's no, it's just like, like peanut butter and graham crackers. It's like nothing revelatory, <laughs> but at the beginning of quarantine it did get me through many days. Um. Okay, amazing. Amazing. So eventually May, be, under threat of abuse and the lack of weed that may occur if Jack goes to jail, is like, yep, Jimmy shot her. He came in, was shooting the whole place up. We're just hanging out. And 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 he came in and shot us. Yep. Uh, so the police take Jimmy away. They're like, he's going to jail and he's going to the electric chair for sure. We're going to cook his brain. Um, and so upon hearing that Ralph and may both experience some deep guilt about their parts to play in all of this, Ralph first, Ralph goes fucking nuts. Ralph goes fucking insane. Like he's running around, he's having hallucinations of, um, Mary being sodomized by the devil. He sees all of these zombies coming out of the pot field and like chasing him. He's just, uh, at one point he sees Jimmy in the toilet and then Ralph is like, that kid is in the toilet. And Sally goes, ah, just flush him. (laughs) Oh, he's also like, at this point, um, he, he gets like, 
extreme munchies, gets this wackadoo case of the munchies, and is like craving flesh. Um, so Jack and May are like, we're gonna um, blue skidoo and get out here. <laughs> and you can too. And they go and get food, and they're like, Sally, you stay here and watch over Ralph and make sure he doesn't do anything insane. Cut to Jack and May. Very insane. (laughs) Jack and May coming home and they're like, we got Chinese takeout. And then easily the so if Anna Gaste are screaming rape Uh me outside of the window is like the number one bit. The number two bit is this point where they're walking in and they're like, where are Sally and Ralph? And then all of a sudden Sally's severed head rolls down the stairs, but it bounces like a soccer ball all over the room. It was the funniest fucking thing I have ever seen. Yeah, it was perfect. Like, I I just was cackling the entire time that happened. And then, like, Ralph appears and he has, like, her severed arm. And, he's like, he's covered in blood. And you realize that Ralph is now a cannibal. And then Anna Gasteyer just starts screaming. <laughs> like, bloody murder yes. next to Ralph yes. or uh, next to Jack. And she's screaming throughout the entire scene that follows of Jack shooting Ralph multiple times. Multiple times. times. Multiple times, like in the legs, in the chest. But then Ralph is still able to like stand and he like his angel dust strength, honestly. Exactly. (laughs) And they follow him into the pot field and like as Jack is. No, no, they don't follow him. him. He goes into the pot field because he gets blown backwards through the window by a gunshot. (laughs) By a gunshot. Very, uh, very the moment in Death Becomes Her when Meryl shoots the um, shotgun into, uh, oh, who's the other actress in that? Your queer bonafides are about to be taken away. Yeah, I know. I know. Goldie Hawn. I'm an idiot. Yes, Goldie Hawn. (laughs) Yeah, when Meryl uh, blows the shotgun into Goldie Hawn's stomach, she gets blown through a window. It's very much that kind of thing. Yes, very that. So then they follow Ralph out into the pot field and they're like tracking his blood or Jack is tracking his blood all the while Anna Gasteyer is still screaming in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Very funny. Just like fully melting down. And then they look up and Ralph is in the tree above them and Jack shoots him one last time and he jumps out of the tree and then gets impaled (laughs) on a post for a scarecrow. And then also Sally's headless corpse is wandering around. Oh, yes. <laughs> At one point, um, because then the this is when it hops over to Anna Gasteyer, mm-hmm. who's still fully freaking out. And then she sees Sally's corpse or headless corpse walking around. Um, and then that's when she starts feeling the, having the guilt hallucination of all the dead teenagers and Ralph and Sally coming to torture her mm-hmm. for her part in um, getting Jimmy jailed and executed. Yeah. So then May is like, that's it. I've had it. Mm -hmm. I'm done. Done, done, done. done. So she is like, Jack, fuck you. (laughs) I'm over your shit, buddy. Over it. I don't need your reefer anymore. So then she, uh, her and Jack get into a huge fight Mm -hmm. and uh, Jack goes to shoot her, but finds out that there's no more bullets in the gun. Mm-hmm. And she grabs a garden hoe and he's like, what are you doing, toots? And she goes, getting rid of a big weed. And then 
hacks him into pieces. Wait, no. He then he's like he grabs his gun and says, "Say good night, Gracie," and sh- tries to shoot her, but the bullet because it took right. it right. took several attempts to kill Ralphie. So he's right. out of bullets, and um, the gun clicks. It's empty, and she says, "Of course, classically, good night, Gracie," and then just whacks the shit out of him with this hoe, and then yes. digs his heart out of his body <laughs> rips his heart out of his <laughs> holds it over her head like a prize it's un amazing yeah it's great and she's just like drenched in blood and just like completely covered and then she's like i gotta do something to help jack so she wraps the the heart in newspaper and as she's flipping the newspaper up you see the headline of the newspaper and it says something like uh, president to visit sick sick child today at 6 p.m. Yeah. or something like that and she's she points to each word as she's reading it not out loud just like it shows you the wide shot and then her finger comes in and it's like president to visit sick child today at 6 p.m. and then she looks at the clock and then she looks and it's directly on six like the minute hand ticks over to the 12 it's six o'clock on the nodes yeah and then she looks back at the newspaper and she points again to the 6 p.m. and then she looks up like with realization <laughs> it's so dumb so i love fucking it stupid. it's amazing this is exactly my brand of comedy yes um so then the next thing we see is her, uh, Anna Gassar is still completely covered in blood. She does not <laughs> she change at all. They out do the door. Not- she looks in the mirror, puts on lipstick, <laughs> yes. and leaves. It's, uh, it's so good. Anna Gassar, queen. 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 We love. Um, so then she goes to the house where the president is, and she, like, tries to beat up the uh, Secret Service. And they, like, make a, a moment. They have a moment where um, Alan Cumming appears and he's like, when people are on reefer, they have superhuman strength (laughs) and they can achieve any type of physical assault that they want. And then they like show the joint falling out of Jack's hand at one point. And and he goes, May was no longer on reefer. So she like can't assault the security team. So he pushes her down and then she is like laying on the asphalt and she's like, I'm so sorry. That was my fault. Head butts, head butts the guy in the groin and throws herself in front of FDR's car as he's getting ready to leave. And she's like, wait. And then FDR, also played by Alan Cumming, is like, let's listen to what this lady's got to say. And she just goes on this like sings this song about Jimmy, who's a good boy. And he got hooked on Reefer, but like. He deserves a pre. She's like, we'll save him with a presidential pardon. It's so. <laughs> so then they literally, then they like flash cut to the prison mm-hmm. and Jimmy is sitting in the electric chair and they're like, do you have any last words? And he goes, um, and then they're like, well put. And they're about to electrocute her. <laughs> and then FTR and May like burst in and FTR is like, we've got a presidential pardon. And the entire time in the scene, he's waving for some reason. Still waving. Very stupid. Uh, George Washington, Uncle Sam, Lady Liberty, all of these people appear. We also simply cannot forget that Alan Cumming makes an Annie reference. <laughs> and for that, we love him. And within this movie, within a movie, Annie exists. <laughs> That's right. So technically, Reefer Madness 
takes place within the Annie cinematic universe. That's right. And we will check with Caitlin and Keaton, our resident Annie scholars. That is correct. So because like at one point he goes, there's little curly redded, curly haired orphan once said to me that the sun will come out tomorrow. And I didn't laugh at her in their face because her dad was a billionaire. (laughs) It's very good. But then they go into this song called, uh, what is it? It's like, Tell the Truth or something like that. Tell them the truth. Tell them the truth. And um, it leads into all of them saying that they're going to use Jimmy as a propaganda point to tell the truth about the dangers of marijuana. And Uncle Sam, George Washington, and Lady Liberty appear as Ralph, Jack, and um, Sally. Yes. And they're like, you use our use our patriotism to like fuel this propaganda brigade mm-hmm. and all that kind of thing. This is the moment when they're like mobbing through town and the black family like runs and hides in their house. So they run through town and they go to the reefer den and they like burn the reefer den down. And then you see at one point, uh, Jimmy looks over and he sees Mary and Satan and Satan like disappears. They like vanquish Satan. Yeah. He starts hacking down the weed in the garden and the Satan's like, no, you don't. It's a, he like tinkerbells. He's like, you don't believe in the weed anymore. And then he explodes. <laughs> like, okay. <Tinkerbell>. <laughs> and so then at that point, um, Mary, who had been his Vic, uh, prisoner <laughs> turns into an angel uh-huh. and is like and jimmy goes maybe one day i'll get cancer or i'll get hit by a train <laughs> and i'll see you in heaven uh, it's, it's so hopeful and she's like yeah maybe it's so and funny. then she goes up to heaven and she meets jesus <laughs> like and heaven is a, the nightclub where jesus performs Sings, yeah. the number well, because there's like a whole there's a whole point um, right after the five and dime number where they talk. Alan Cummings' character talks about um, how jazz is the, yes. the gateway <laughs> into marijuana. You can tell because time slows down when you're stoned, and so you have time <laughs> yes. for extra notes <laughs> that are unholy and sinful. Um, and they like in the background they have like a jazz musician playing, and this woman comes over mm-hmm. and listens to the jazz and like rips, rips her, her shirt, shirt off open. and starts. Have sex with him, but um, there is this very uh, again. It goes back to that whole racism thing that they talk about, and that comes up with on within the show constantly because they specifically point to like black jazz musicians as being the cause of the reefer madness. And I think they say like your daughters like will throw themselves at black men. They like specifically call out the this weird racial fear of white women being like taken by black men it's it's just so well done i feel like absolutely it's it's slotted in to obviously make fun of that fear and play on it but it's just so the little asides to the racial aspects of the Mm -hmm. show are so great i think they're they're really well done Mm -hmm. and it it shows that you can make jokes about racism Mm -hmm. um be offensive <laughs> yeah it's uh, like you're not punching down it's crazy right exactly because again even though they are specifically using racist tropes and things that racists or, or like people have said mm-hmm. in as racial animus it's heightened to such an extent mm-hmm. that it shows how ridiculous it right. is very tough which is how you doing it yeah right um so then he starts so so jimmy is chopping down the weed in the garden exploding the devil mary goes to heaven and 
Then he lights a fire and starts burning the weed, which makes me yes. laugh. Um, and then it turns into everyone this, would get high. Yeah, wouldn't, yeah wouldn't you would think it, um, the whole town would get high. <laughs> but then it turns into this weird like town bonfire where they're doing this book burning. The whole town is like <laughs> pledging to fight all of like to fight marijuana, yes. to fight against sex and <laughs> against minorities while they're like throwing books into this huge. Huge bond, but just turns into like a Nazi rally essentially at the Basically. end. <laughs> and it's the this, these are the lyrics. Just if you want to hear, um, and once the reefer has been destroyed, we'll start on Darwin and Sigmund yes. Freud. That's <laughs> depicted on celluloid and communists and queers. <laughs> communists and queers. And as they're like having this rally, and like they the the lecturer Alan Cummings character turns and gets in the car and says when dangers near exploit the fear mm-hmm. the end will justify the means yes so basically we're seeing the beginnings of the war on drugs <laughs> we're seeing all mm-hmm. of that fun Dashism. stuff that we're dealing with the ramifications of today i love at the beginning they're all getting ready to go in like they're getting this they're all getting out of their cars, getting ready to walk into the school. And we're seeing a couple of different couples interact. Right. And they're reading like pamphlets, like warning, you know, some of these images may be graphic or depictions of like lewd acts, right. essentially. It's a very much a balancing of the humors type joke yes. because they're like, they like, I think the exact word was, um, uh, it may cause undue excitement. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we have a medical yeah. expert on hand. Like getting diagnosed with hysteria. Exactly. Um, yeah, and then uh, someone walks up to the principal and is like, do you even know who this guy is? And the principal's like, well, he had a piece of paper that said he was official. And they're like, good enough for me. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> it really do, it really is like that. But it, it made really, me laugh. Uh, that's really all it takes. <laughs> it really made me laugh. You actually can watch the original Reefer Madness, the 1930s ones, because it's in the public domain. So you can just basically find it anywhere. Oh, nice. We definitely should yeah. watch that in addition to... Uh, this very good musical version. I would love oh, to absolutely. see the B movie version of this. <laughs> I want to say the production value on this movie is so great. There's so many excellent oh set God. pieces. The costumes are really great. Um, the styling of everyone is just so like Pleasantville perfect and a little bit like the, I love that the reefer den is so clearly like, it's very, it is very Annie. It's very like Miss Hannigan right. and Rooster. And uh, like, it makes me laugh so much. But that is, Anna Gaster is constantly in lingerie. She makes a joke in her song, the stuff about how he beats her, but he also buys her lingerie and like as, as a reason to stay with him. Constantly what she's wearing until the very final number, or tell him the truth, mm-hmm. when she's like finally wearing. Yes, she's just always like swanning around in like a robe and silk and and so is uh sally frankly she's always like a garter and a loose dress that's like barely hanging on her um it's just a great it just visually is very pleasing yeah they definitely really play into the 1930s aesthetic Mm -hmm. really really well Mm -hmm. um and that also goes to the dialogue again i know we've already mentioned it but the dialogue is so specific in the way that it talks and like the the metaphor and the idiom mm-hmm. so well yeah it like yeah it all the pieces work so cohesively well together that it creates this perfect little world that is very pleasant to watch and very very funny yeah oh i have a note that i <laughs> forgot so when um 
Mary Lane goes to the reefer den and Ralph is trying to convince her to smoke. She's like, that's not one of those funny cigarettes, is it? Uh, And he's like, well, he says something along the lines of like, all the girls smoke it in Paris. And she's like, oh, like that's honestly a great peer pressure move because American white girls fucking love Paris. (laughs) (laughs) It was such a perfect, like everyone's doing it. And she's like, not impressed. And then he goes in Paris and she's like, Paris. And then she smokes right. the weed. I'd love that. It's very good. They could they consistently, whenever like someone brings it up, uh brings up the um like he's smoking reefer, they always say something about, you know, how they like they I've read in the papers or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they consistently make references to William Randolph Hearst, yes. which it, and, and like, how many papers he, he owns. They're like how many papers yes. he owns. <laughs> and uh there's like one point in the PTA meeting where one of the, the parents says, um, well, if it's in the papers, yeah. it's got to be true. <laughs> or and then another person says, "Well, you can't believe everything that you read." Yeah. And it's really it's it's very very well done because um, if you want another little mini history lesson, William Randolph Hearst did was a real human being. Mm-hmm. He did own a lot of newspapers, including the New York Journal, and <laughs> he essentially started the Spanish American War yeah. um, because of the way that he his. Uh, journalism was handed back then it was very um it was meant to inflame people's passions so they did tend to print a lot of things that were not just straight up lies just like yeah weren't really not true yeah and because of the yellow journalism of that time period we his companies eventually uh, started a war yeah i mean it's just really really great that they keep like bringing it up and being like well if it's in the papers it's got to be true yes. and william randolph first he owns papers and that's all he's a good man it's very funny that they're like well in william randolph hearst's scientific american and then like then they yeah. cut again and it's like william randolph hearst's san francisco chronicle like yeah. that he owns so many magazines across like I don't know. Maybe we could take a lesson for now. I don't know. Having one person run several media conglomerates is maybe a bad idea. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. No bad ideas in a brainstorm. Write it down. Put it on the uh, blackboard and let's keep moving. (laughs) It's it's very – it's a good reference and I like that they keep coming back to that bit. Yeah. It's a consistent bit like coming around – like with everyone being like, well, is that that reefer I read about in the paper? Mm-hmm. It's very, very strong. Um, any other fun? Oh, there's a line that Alan Cumming says. I can't remember what it's in reference to, but he says this is the national anthem of Sodom and Gomorrah. Truly oh, yes. sent me, honestly. <laughs> Laughed a lot at that. Oh, that was when he was talking about jazz. All of Alan Cumming's lines are great. Oh, uh, Alan Cumming also has a line where he says, would that it were mere heroin. <laughs> Would that it were, Mary Heroin. Would that it were. Like, that was when uh, Mr. Kuczynski brings up the fact that his cousin was hooked on heroin mm-hmm. and that marijuana can't be as addictive. Yes. Also, controversial take. I don't think Alan Cummings can actually sing, but I do think he is very fun to watch. That's a really controversial take. Specifically because he has one Tony. No, I think he's a great actor. I think he's very compelling to watch. I don't think he's yeah. particularly musically talented. That's just my opinion. 
There are um, certain other members of the musical theater world that are also not vocalists yes. who have also been nominated for Tonys. Yeah. So I guess we can. Mini Manuel, man, mini Manuel Umbrella for one. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to say his name. Everyone knew who was talking about. <laughs> We've all heard the prototype recordings of uh, yeah. Hamilton. We've all heard the just original Broadway cast recording of Hamilton. We've all heard the thing that was produced and won a fucking Pulitzer. <laughs> That's correct. Um, again, I don't think he necessarily, and especially in this movie, I don't think he needs to be particularly incredible at singing in order to pull off the character. And I would argue... The same for many, for example, Floop in Spy Kids. Uh, I don't think he needs to be particularly musically talented. He still plays that character well. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Does Floop Spy Kids have any songs? Yes, he sings the whole, like, thumb song. When all the thumbs are, like, singing backwards and they're like, help, we're agents. <laughs> we're trapped in Bad thumbs. Batman, save us. <laughs> Thank you. We will be doing Spy Kids <laughs> on Bits Over Broadway. <laughs> Absolutely. It's our first if live. It has Alan coming singing. It's it's a musical, baby. <laughs> I don't know. I cuz I and I guess I just never noticed it because in, when I saw him in Cabaret, he's singing in such a heavy accent. Yes. That it's like you don't really notice it all that well. I would also argue you don't have to be a particularly talented singer to sing the MC's songs in Cabaret. I don't think they're technically difficult. So I think if you have a lot sure. of charisma and you are fun to watch, which as I've said, Alan Cummings is, then I think you can pull it off. Like you don't have to be, you're not fucking Rafiki in the Lion King. You know what I mean? As a narrator, you're, you don't have to do a lot of the heavy lifting there. So yeah. that's just my personal, but please tweet at me this hot take. Uh, let me know what you think. Re Alan Cummings musical ability. Please Snopes Meryl for her. Please do Snopes. <laughs> <take me>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Connor Manon share this for us. I was thoroughly delighted watching this m- movie. It was very fun. I am going to try and track down the, uh, they have a recording of the original Lo- uh, Los Angeles cast mm-hmm. and with all like the songs that were taken out of it and stuff like that. So I'm going to try to track that down and listen to it because I, I, I had a grand old time watching this. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think that this is, this movie is a masterclass in satire. Yeah. It has such a strong point of view. It does the heightening really well. Um, and it takes everything to its logical end in terms of the comedy of the, the world. Mm-hmm. So if you're ever, again, if you ever really want to learn how to write satire or a satirical movie, watch this, please. Um, you could really learn a lot from it. I definitely did. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. It was a very fun time. And if you have two hours on a Saturday or Sunday, I definitely think you should watch it. Mm-hmm. Um, Meryl. And a chair. Yeah, I second everything. It's very fun. It's campy. It's very bananas, over the top. Uh, it's really just, it is a lot of fun. I will say, I think it went maybe like 15 minutes too long. I think we could have made some more cuts. I was kind of losing focus towards the end. Um, okay. But I... That said, I loved it. I would watch it again in a heartbeat. I think this would be so fun to watch with a group of people. Um, Like, I could see this being like a sing-along sort of situation. Easily. Uh, Would be really fun to see this staged. It's just a... It's... It's really, really fun. I I really enjoyed it. I recommend it. Will I listen to any of these songs again? Probably not. Um, Yeah. 
maybe listen to Jesus, Jimmy. I really was so delighted by that one. Uh, yeah, I recommend it. Watch it. It's I watched it on Google Play. I'm sure it's available other places. I think it's available on Amazon. I watched it on Amazon. You you can watch it free with ads, but um, I paid like two bucks yeah. for from IMDb TV or something. Yeah, I paid like a dollar ninety nine or something. Yeah, um, and it's worth it. Worth the dollar ninety nine I spent so, so <laughs> to 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 just have a very pleasant morning about um, watching people depict what they think weed is. I love it. Yeah. Uh, anything to plug, Connor? No, as usual, you can find me at Cerelia12 across all platforms. You'll find my funny writing videos or anything else that I'm working on there. How about you, Meryl? Nope. You can find me across all platforms at Meryl K. You can find this podcast across uh, all platforms at Bits Over B-Way. You can reach us at bitsoverbway at gmail.com. We are available wherever podcasts are available, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, um, Apple I, I Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I never yeah. remember. I want to call it iTunes, but that's not their thing anymore. They were like, we're done with the I. Um, we're doing Apple now. Right. So whatever their version of that is, uh, you can find us. Like and subscribe. Tell us about your friends. Tell us what you think of the episodes. We're excited to hear some feedback. Uh, that's all I have, I think. All right. Bye. Bye. Regular ass graham crackers.